Yeah, I just wanted to start out and, uh, you know, say that I thought it was a great team win. It obviously feels really good to come out here and get a win, especially on a short week. There was a lot of hours put in for the preparation. I was really happy with uh, the play of our team. I thought the energy was there. That was something that we were looking for. And, uh, you know, I thought really all three phases came to play. And there was a lot of guys that had to step up, you know, embrace new roles. And it's always fun to see those guys come out on top. And, uh, again, just really proud of our guys' effort. Goody might need this show more than we need him. I'm not even going to send an invite. I, I, I look forward to the day where I open my, my email inbox uh, and see that Brian Gudikins has reached out to me. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills. Finally, finally, we have some results. Finally. Been waiting for days. Been waiting all week. I I know we're all so relieved to finally know who the winner is. I know we're all so relieved to know who the loser is. Finally have some clarity. And I know last night was so, so satisfying for everybody, right? Well worth the wait. And I bet we were all pleased with the results. Everybody, right? Of course, I'm talking about the biggest story of the week, Thursday Night Football. The Packers beating the 49ers last night, 34-17. to There's not something else going on this week that we're waiting on, is there? Not waiting on any other... Res- okay, good. I I wanted. To, I did, wasn't trying to be confusing at all. Sorry, I, sh- I should have been much more clear. No, Thursday night football. Talking about the results of Thursday night football last night. The Packers 34-17 to over the 49ers. Once the game started, I, I was into it. Right? I know there's a, a lot going on. To be serious here for a moment. There's a lot going on this week, right? A lot of distractions, you know generation changing election or whatever something like that it was nice once the game started last night okay I hear Joe Buck I hear Troy Aikman there's Aaron Rodgers okay deep breath distracted for a couple hours it was really nice and of course it didn't hurt that the Packers moved to six and two and really run up the score on the 49ers the Niners got 14 points in the fourth quarter in garbage time to make it much closer than it actually was it was 31 to 3 34 to 3 Mason Crosby banging some deep field goals last night, too. Fun game to watch. Fun game to watch. Now, of course, over the next two hours, we were tasked with breaking it down. And what does it mean? All right. Let's get into it. Thursday night football last night. My name is Grant Bills. This is the Wisco Sports Show. Happy Friday. This week, we have earned making it to Friday. So pat yourself on the back. If you're on your way home or if you're home already or maybe you're on your way home, stop, stop, stop and get a a nice cold beverage. Stop and get a... uh, a taco at your favorite drive through place. You have earned it. Treat yourself tonight because this week, it feels like the week that never ends. And we made it and we earned it. And of course, we got to celebrate that Packers win last night. We're going to talk about the Packers all the way until six o'clock. I don't actually have anything else on the docket unless you are so motivated and so passionate that you really want to talk about something else. I suppose we could squeeze it in. Just shoot me a text and let me know. 608-796-2558. I suppose I could be persuaded uh, if you would really like to talk about something else, I don't know really what that would be. Uh, but if you feel so passionate, please, you can hit me up or tweet at me. Uh, if you're on Twitter, you can find me at Wisco Grant. We're going to talk about the star of the show, Devontae Adams. Coming up in about 15 minutes, we're going to talk to the star of the show, uh, Ebo, who hosts the morning show on The Zone in Madison. Uh, see what I did there? We're going to talk about the star of last night's show, and the star of today's show is going to be Ebo. We'll talk to him at 4.30 also got to talk about Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Aaron Jones, 
some of the other players that came to play, maybe some players that surprised, impressed, uh, maybe some players that disappointed. You know, all that that post-game breakdown, uh, next-day reaction type of stuff. That's really what we're up to today until 6 o'clock. And I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you've tuned in. Now, I understand, and I I know what you're thinking. Hey, Grant, the Niners right. Yes, I understand the Niners were all injured. Okay, Do, is that what you want me to repeat for the next two hours? This, this game doesn't matter, and it's not important, and we shouldn't talk about it, and all the Niners were hurt. Is, is that what you... That doesn't sound like any fun. That does not sound entertaining at all. I know all the 49ers' important players were injured, except for Fred Warner, and wow, that guy's good. He's fun to watch. I, I wish I didn't have to watch him play against my team. I wish the Packers could get a linebacker like that. Other than Fred Warner and a couple of other players here and there, the 49ers, especially offensively, are without just about every single one of their important players. They, they're in a bad spot. All right? Now that now that we got that out of the way with, and I understand that, and, and, and we've put that caveat on our discussion, I want to pose some questions, right? Because this is how you do sports radio. This is what we do the day after a game. I'm going to ask you the big million-dollar questions to ponder, and if you feel so inclined to reach out and let me know the answer by texting me at 608-796-2558. What does this win mean? After this this win, what did we learn about the Green Bay Packers? Do you feel better about the Packers after last night's win, given that the Packers lost to the Vikings just a couple of days ago? Do you feel better now? You feel more confident in your team? You know, all these hypothetical questions that, you know, we've heard all day long and talked about all day long and thought about all day long. This is how sports radio is done, folks. Those are the questions. I'm asking the pressing questions today. Now, I think to answer those questions and to really think about what last night's game meant, and some games don't mean anything, right? Now, we're going to talk about them. We're fans. We're going to enjoy the games. But, I mean, by and large, some games don't mean anything. I think we can take a couple things away from this game. I think we have some things to extrapolate from last night's 34-17 to win. Uh, but really, the answer to those questions and the meaning of last night's game and what we learned, I think that depends on what your expectations were going in, right? Now, my expectations for last night's game were couple of hours of good entertainment and a couple of glasses of wine. Okay, I'm being a smartass. What, what were your expectations last night? Were you thinking the Packers should blow this 49ers team out? Anything else is unacceptable, right? Blow out or bust? Is, is that what you were looking for? Or were you watching for a certain player? Or, or a certain, were you watching for something or someone specific last night? I want to see Mike Pettin set the edge in run defense. Maybe that's what you were looking for. Or maybe you thought, I want to see Aaron Jones and how he looks coming off of injury. Right? You had a target. You had a goal going into this game. Or maybe it wasn't that specific. Maybe it wasn't about a scheme or a play or a player. Maybe it was just a final score. The Packers need to win this game by at least 14 points. The Packers need to win this game by at least 21 points. The Packers need to blow out the 49ers or, damn it, I will not go to bed happy. Right? What were your expectations going into last night's game? What were you watching for? And I think when you think about that, well, then we can actually start to talk about what this win means. Because if you went into this game and and nothing was going to impress you, Packers could win by 25 points. Okay, that's what they should do. Right? If that that was your approach, well, then, okay, you're not going to take much away from this game. And that's that's just fine. Right? And we can understand that. We can admit that. Not every game is the most important game in the world. Not every game is a a playoff caliber game. Not every game is primetime. Although last night's game, I guess, was in primetime. But when you think about what your expectations were going into this game, then we can actually start to discuss what we learned uh, and and, and what this game actually meant. Now, I am not going to argue that last night's win made up for two losses to San Francisco in 2019, both of which were very ugly. I'm not going to argue that this 
win last night made up for the loss to Tampa Bay and Tom Brady. I'm not even going to argue that this win makes up for the loss to the Vikings on Sunday. But let's be honest, Packer fans. Let's be real with each other. Can we be real? I'm not going to blow smoke up your butt. Let's Let's be honest with each other for a sec. We can't get lost in the bravado of a, of a blowout or bust mentality against bad teams. We can't always be thinking, oh, the Packers should blow out every bad team they play. Well, I agree. They should. But let's be honest. The Packers lost to the Minnesota Vikings four days ago. So this idea that, oh, the Packers should blow out every bad team and they should take care of business, uh, agreed. But as of four days ago, they weren't taking care of business. They weren't blowing out the bad teams. They lost to the one in five Vikings. The Vikings, who their fans think they should get Trevor Lawrence, right? Their fans want a clean house. They want to get rid of Rick Spielman. Maybe fire Zimmer, right? They have, they, they are, they are ticked across the river in Minnesota, right? They, they want to start this thing over. They want to get rid of Kirk Cousins. They're one in five. The Packers lost to that team on Sunday. So this idea that the Packers should always take care of business. Well, and it's a given that the Packers should win last night. I expected nothing less. Well, Maybe you should have been a little bit more alert because they lost to the Vikings. I'd rather play the Vikings than the San Francisco 49ers. Kyle Shanahan is an amazing coach. Robert Sala is a really good defensive coordinator. And the Niners are best at what the Packers are worst at, running the ball. Packers can't stop the run. That's what the Niners do best. That's their bread and butter. That's Kyle Shanahan's thing. So last night, to me, signified the Packers getting back on track. And to me, that was important after losing to the Vikings on Sunday. Now, maybe you feel differently. Maybe that Vikings thing, that, that was just a weird game. It was windy. Aaron Jones wasn't playing. Okay. Maybe we'll agree to disagree. But I, I, I don't just take it for granted that the Packers should blow out every bad team they play, especially on the road, especially on a short week, undermanned with some injuries. And I know the 49ers are undermanned too. I, I fully am aware of what happened last night. And I'm fully aware of the competitive balance issues, which is why I argued yesterday that the pa- this game shouldn't even be played. I think this game should have happened. And the Packers had another positive COVID test today, or they placed another player uh, on the list. They placed Jordan Love on the COVID-19 list, and Chris Barnes had tested positive for COVID-19. I argue this game shouldn't be played. I am well aware of the competitive balance issues. But still, last night's game meant a little something to me. It signified the Packers getting back on track. It signified that the Packers were back in the right spot, doing the right things, getting back after it in practice or in meetings or whatever the heck they did this week in three days where they had to deal with COVID. They got right in the last three days because they were not right on Sunday. They lost to the Vikings. Last night's game means something to me because it signified them getting back on track. Now, last night, the Packers didn't really have a lot to gain. Notice how I'm not making these bold proclamations. Well, after last night, the defense is fixed. After last night, it's clear to me they don't need another wide receiver. After last night, it's clear that Aaron Rodgers is the MVP of the league. Like, I have no big proclamations. This game really wasn't that important. We didn't learn that much about the Packers. But to me, it signified them getting back on track. And that's about it. The Packers didn't have a lot to gain, but they had a ton, a ton to lose. And that can sometimes be a a recipe for disaster. I I think Sunday against the Vikings, very similar. The Packers won that game. Ho-hum. They beat a bad team. Should have beat a bad team. Move on. But if the Packers lost to the Vikings, what do we do? Yell about the trade deadline. Yell about Mike Pettin. Freak out about Aaron Rodgers and his leadership. Freak out about Matt LaFleur and his ability to, I don't know, do one thing or another. Right in the last few games, the Packers have had a ton to lose 
and, and not really anything to gain. And sometimes in situations like that, you get tight, right? Sometimes in situations like that, you get freaked out. Can be a recipe for disaster. Didn't turn into disaster last night. And, and granted, part of that is the Packers seem to come in prepared. The effort was there. They executed in all three phases, at least enough defensively, enough offensively. They were tremendous and had some great performances. They did enough to take care of a really undermanned 49ers team. And that means a little something to me. I think this win was an important one. Maybe not in the grand scheme of things. I don't think at the end of the year we're going to look back at this game and and think, wow, that 49ers win. That really propelled them to big things later down the line. I don't think we're going to look back at this game and, and we might not even remember this game, to be completely honest. But in this little time frame of early November as we eclipse the first eight games and, and get into the second half of the season, starts to get colder, right? Teams start to separate just a little bit. In the ebbs and flows of a regular season, this was a take-care-of-business win. And not every team can just take care of business, right? I, I don't think... The Detroit Lions, for example, they lose games all the time where it's like, how do you how do you lose that game? Lions aren't great, but they lose games all the time. We're like, what the hell are they doing? What are they doing? I was playing down to their playing down to their level of competition. It's not a given that these teams take care of business. And taking care of business, especially after the the Packers, you know, didn't do so on Sunday, is really, really important. And it's really important to keep pace with the rest of the NFC. If I'm looking at the league right now, the standings, the NFC, the AFC, I'm going to ignore for the sake of this, for the sake of this discussion. We look at the NFC, it's it's quite packed near the top. Seattle's six and one, Tampa's six and two. The Packers are 6-2. and two, The Saints are 5-2. and two, And then it drops off to another level. Then you get the Cardinals, the Rams, the Bears, the Niners, who are 4-5. and five. Now, you might be thinking right now, Grant, shut up. The Packers aren't a Super Bowl the team. They need a wide receiver. They need to stop the run defense, all, all that. Look, the Packers might not be a, a perfect Super Bowl team right now. Don't get me wrong. They might not be perfect. But tell me one team in the NFC that is. Seattle's defense is atrocious. Seattle's defense might be worse than the Packers' defense. Running defense might not be as bad, but top to bottom, run, pass, everything. The Seahawks, are their defense is miserably bad. It's historically bad. Tampa Bay, they have a great roster, but I don't really believe in their quarterback. If you can put a little pressure on Tom Brady, I mean, that offense could fall apart. Tom Brady is a limited quarterback. And if everything is going right around him, they can be, they can be good. But the Buccaneers messed around with the New York Giants on Monday night. Don't tell me they're a perfect team. As south as that game went between the Packers and the Buccaneers, Tampa's not a perfect team. And then the Packers are third at 6-2. and two. The New Orleans Saints are 5-2, and two, and their quarterback can't throw the ball more than 10 yards. Just keep pace with the rest of the NFC. Start to figure out how to improve the run game a little here. Work MVS in a little bit here, a little bit there, and just keep pace with the Joneses. Just keep up. Just keep up with the rest of the NFC. Because the nature is, the NFC is not that good this year. The AFC is much better. Conveniently, Tom Brady gets out of the AFC just in time. It's important to keep Pace, just keep winning, and you figure out things as the season goes. You cross bridges when you get to them. If week by week, the run defense can improve just a little bit, great. If week by week, you can work Marquez Valdez-Scantling and maybe Equinemius St. Brown into the action just a little bit more every week, all right, great. Just keep pace with Seattle, keep pace with Tampa, try to get the best seed possible, and hope that things work out for you in the postseason. That's the way the backers have built this team. Just be in position, hopefully get hot, hopefully stay healthy. And last night's win allows them to do that. They moved to 6-2, and two, and they're right there behind Seattle and Tampa in the NFC, which is a very, very imperfect conference. The Packers are an imperfect team. Perfect. They fit right in. I know I just said perfect a lot of times. 
Let's take a break. I want to talk about the star of last night. Aaron Rodgers is tremendous, but I want to talk about Devontae Adams. I'm not convinced that he doesn't have an argument that he's the best wide receiver in the NFL. He seems to think so. We'll talk about number 17 and continue to talk about the Packers win coming up next here on the Wisco Sports Show. Wisco Sports Show rolling on. My name is Grant Bills. Happy Friday. I hope you're doing well. We, we, I mean, we made it to the end of the week. Even if we're not doing well, that counts for something. Well done. Job well done on making it. If you want to join the show, you can tweet at me, at Wisco Grant. Will did so over the break and said, essentially, the Packers winning last night was just like when they beat the Mahomes-less Chiefs last year. You beat who you're supposed to beat. Did not do that against Minnesota. A- Amen. Amen, brother. Thanks for the tweet, Will. No, I agree with everything you said. I, I don't want to disregard this win last night. Because the Packers failed to get an easy win, a win that they were supposed to get on Sunday. So this was a step in the right direction, at least in the last week. And I completely agree. This was the same as beating the Chiefs last year. It's the exact same. The exact same as beating. And I said so, I think, on the show yesterday. I'm like, this game has big Monday night, or was that Sunday night? Sunday night against the Chiefs last year. Big vibes of that game. Crack me up. Let's go to the phones. 608-796-2558. Caller, I'm sorry, I don't have your name. Who am I speaking to? Welcome to the show. You're speaking to Jeff. I talked to you earlier this week. I'm actually a Bears fan, but I want to give you a couple of pieces of what I'm thinking here. Please do. Okay, first of all, don't apologize for any win. Take them and move. My son, who's a huge Packer fan, sent me something this morning with uh, the guy that said you play to win the game. um, Herm Edwards. Yes. You play to win the game. That's all you need. You, you, You win, you move on and you take it gracefully. The big mystery to me is I keep hearing your wide receiver woes, which I don't think you have as many as you think you do with your offense. I think you need a run stopper more than you need a wide receiver, and I don't know why I'm the only one that thinks that. I, I don't disagree. I think the wide receiver, and I'm just I'm just trying to put myself in the shoes of people who feel the wide receiver folks, Jeff. I think a wide receiver, right. one wide receiver, seems like an easier fix. Just get one weapon Whereas an entire run defense, I mean, do you get an inside linebacker? Do you get a defensive lineman? That's a little bit more complex of a problem. So I think for simplicity's sake, people say, hey, wide receiver, easy, make a move, get one, where maybe the run defense seems like a little bit more of a complicated problem. Right. What what I'm thinking is you have the offense that could take you a long way, but I think your Achilles heel, and I'm not, like I said, you're hearing from a Bears fan here, but your Achilles heel is your defense, and particularly your run defense, and I think that's where the rubber hits the road for you, like last year against the Niners. That's why you lost that game. Yeah. They ran right through you. Yeah, right. I, I don't want. I don't want to think about that, Jeff. I, I appreciate the call, and I hope you have an excellent weekend. Yeah, the the Niners did run right through the Packers last year. That's how most of their losses have gone. But as I said on yesterday's show, that's how most losses go in the NFL these days. A, a lot of teams are really, really behind at stopping the run because everyone got so pass happy. We got to get edge rushers, shut down corners and they neglected the gut of their defense. So smart coaches like Kyle Shanahan, uh, Matt LaFleur, Zach Taylor, Sean McVay, they said, well, screw it. If teams are going to rush the passer and they're going to sign and pay money for shutdown corners, we're just going to run right up the middle because that's the the soft spot of the defense. That's the underbelly. And and Jeff, I actually appreciate that you said the Packers wide receiver woes aren't as bad as most people would think because I agree. You got Devontae Adams. And Devontae Adams said after the game last night, I, I'm the best wide receiver in football. That's how I feel. He finished the game last night with 10 catches, 173 yards, and a touchdown. 
That touchdown grab was unreal. That fourth down grab was unreal. You want to hear some pretty crazy stats? I have a bunch of them. I don't need to tell you all of them. I saved five or six. This is Field Yates. Devontae Adams missed two games, left one early, had his bye week already, and he has still scored more fantasy points than any other wide receiver this season. He's at 149.3 and counting. And I understand that fantasy football points aren't everything. That just goes to show you, he has been more productive in a, a smaller sample size than any other wide receiver in the league this year. Devontae Adams is the first player in NFL history to have three games with 10 catches for 150 receiving yards in his team's first eight games of the season. He's only played in six of them. Think about that. He's been nuts. And if Devontae Adams isn't the best wide receiver in the league, which it's not an argument that I really care to have. I don't care who the best is. Julio, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, they all do different things really, really well. He's certainly got an argument to be the most productive. I I think he's certainly the most technical. And it helps that he has Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball. And it helps that right now there isn't a clear number two wide receiver because Alan Lazard is out. But against a bad secondary or in a favorable matchup, I don't know why you'd want any other wide receiver. And we talked about this last week. Devontae Adams' skill set allows him to take advantage of the smallest little things. You crack the door open just an inch, and it's, and it's over. That's all he needs. Because his technical skills, like route running, and footwork and his release, that dog's always going to hunt. That is always going to work in any matchup, right? If you're facing a corner that's strong, that's really physical, okay, well, he'll just he'll just release. He'll quick step off the line and get in space. He doesn't want to get in a physical fight, physical altercation. Or if the, the corner's really slow, quick step, go right by him like we saw last night. He's got every tool in his toolbox. He's got all the technical skills. He's got everything to exploit any possible matchup he comes across. I just think every week that dog is going to hunt. Devontae Adams is going to be productive, and we've seen it this year. I have an analogy for this, and I was thinking about this today, and this one's going to be really obnoxious, so you need to buckle up. It's a guitar analogy. I play I play a little guitar. It's one of my favorite hobbies, and you know that white men like myself uh, play guitar because they will tell you. That's how you know, um, and I, I try not to be obnoxious about it, but I think this is a really good analogy. You can memorize songs or solos or licks, and you can you can learn them one by one. Right, and, and you can learn to play guitar that way. And, and I was thinking today about Stevie Ray Vaughan. He's one of my favorite guitar players. There's a lick in this song. It's called Texas Flood, and I saved it. It's, it's really technical. It's a lick that I've been trying to learn this year. This is how it goes. That's all, that's all it is. Just that. Now, you can pick up a guitar and learn that lick. And great, you will learn that part of the song. You got it. Or you can learn the theory behind it, right? That's a G-flat minor pentatonic scale. Well, it's, it's played in G, but he has his guitar tuned half a step down. Not important. Instead of learning that lick, you can learn that scale. And then you can apply that scale to whatever song you want. Now you, you have all of this knowledge, and you can play guitar on a bunch of different songs. You can play that lick over whatever song you want because you understand the theory behind it, how to bend a string or how to slide up or down, right? Instead of learning to one, one route right, or learn one lick, learn the theory behind it. And Devontae Adams, he was a late bloomer, but he has every tool in his toolbox. He's got every technical skill you could want, and he can apply that every single week, every single week. You could sit down and you could memorize just this lick, and it would be awesome. Or you could learn that scale. You could learn how to bend like that, and you could learn how to pick, and now all of a sudden, well, you could play a bunch of Stevie Ray Vaughan songs. You could show up and play with any band and That'll work. doesn't matter. Slow, fast. But if you only learn that scale, if you only learn how to run route or you're a one-trick pony, well, you're not a complete wide receiver. 
Devontae Adams has such a technical mastery of that position. Different games, different matchups. It doesn't matter. He will have one, at least one tool in his toolbox to take advantage. And, and I think that's the best case for Devontae Adams maybe being the best wide receiver in the league. Maybe. I don't really care. But if that's if you're trying to make that argument, make that case, that's how I'd make it. Let's talk to Ebo. Morning show on The Zone coming up next here on the Wisco Sports Show. Wisco Sports Show rolling on. Happy Friday. A Packers victory Friday. They won last night on whatever version of Thursday night football that was against whatever version of the 49ers that was. Final score, not nearly as close as it would seem, 34-17. to 17. We're kind of breaking this game down today, although it's not really that interesting of a game. We're making it fun. We're digging into the details, and nobody more fun than our good friend Ebo, morning show host on The Zone in Madison. Ebo, I, I, I want to start with this. Last time I had you on, I, I think you did something amazing, and I missed it. So I, I used a bumper song, uh, Pound Cake, a uh, Drake song, and then you proceeded to call me Dalla 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 Bills, which at the time it didn't hit me, but that is a lyric from that song. Was that on purpose? And if so, that was so slick, and I missed it, and I apologize. Well, Grant, here's the thing. I had no idea that that was in the song. I was actually listening to Wu-Tang Clan before <laughs> you had me on. So I was cash rules, everything around me, cream, get the money, dollar, dollar, Grant Bills, y'all. Oh, my God. Well, I think it was meant to be then. I think we were meant to join on the radio and have that song playing in the background, which I mean, that's a good feeling. And hopefully well, it was meant to be today as well. You were. Well, you had the Kanye playing right there. Um, I saw he was the first one to concede defeat. So Kanye, so he's working on 2024. We'll see what happens. Well, he's grinding already, I would imagine. I hope so. <laughs> and also, I would love if Yeezys were a little bit cheaper, if he could work that into his platform. I'd love to buy them. I can't. 250 plus. I, I can't do it. I want a pair, but it, it's too much. Um, Ebo. Grant. Yes, Grant, yeah. Kanye West had a white shirt that was over $300 on his website. Yeah. If you would like. I have a white shirt that I have not worn yet. If you have three hundred dollars, I'm willing to exchange. Well, if you had a if you had a clothing brand, would it be like simply Ebo? Would that be the name of your brand, or have you ever thought about that before? Selling white t shirts you know, for a massive I've profit. I never really thought of that, but I would I would bring back. Are you about to be too young to remember this? But there was a brand called Big Johnson. Okay, Google it. I'd bring it back. You would bring it back. Yeah. I'm going to do. It, I don't know what I'm talking about. It's hilarious. It's like these cartoon. With this nerdy-looking guy, I was surrounded by these hot babes, Ooh. but cartoon form. It's it's vintage 90s. Look it up. That seems perfect for me, except for the being surrounded by hot babes type, so I'm going to have to look that up uh, for sure. Ebo, I want to start. I want to get into the <laughs> trade deadline, but I want to start. Some things are bigger than sports. You know this. The biggest story of the week. I, I want to talk Packers, but I feel like we got to cover the real world first, the topic that everybody is focused on. Did you happen to hear uh, System of a Down's two new songs today? <laughs> no, I haven't, but that's exciting because that's my wheelhouse. Really? I you like so? I that. Yes, dude. Uh, I mean, that's, that was like, that was eighth grade me when in my impressionable music years. New metal has a very special place in my heart. I love System of a Down. I listened to that in middle school, too, but not because that's when it was out. That's just because we were weird, and that's what we listened to. It's also my goal to, like, make it sound like I'm talking about the election at every possible turn during the show today just to freak people out. And, and I'm not hey, talking about politics. I don't know anything. For a, you had me for a second about it, Grant, and I was ready to answer whatever question came <laughs> my way. I bet I bet you were like, oh damn it, I gotta answer him. It's his show. Um well let's let's talk Packers. Um the trade deadline earlier this week. And I, I was texting with you a little bit because a couple of radio hosts, uh, you included, were included in a Twitter thread with one Joe DeGuano, and we were beefing a little bit over this. I, I want your opinion because you didn't make it clear to me. I don't think you agree. Packers didn't make a move. 
I'm not happy about it, but I understand it. Let's start with the trade deadline earlier this week. What did you say on your show, and, and what did your listeners tell you? Well, I mean, for me and my listeners, I mean, we had a Twitter poll. Do you think the Packers will do anything in the trade deadline? It was a resounding, I think, the Twitter poll. God, it was hundreds, thousands of votes, whatever it was. And it was a resounding 82% or something said, no, the Packers won't do anything. As a Packer fan my entire life, I'll know they'll never do anything in the trade deadline. Ted Mm -hmm. Thompson did. Brian Gutekunst showed that he is also not going to do it. I knew nothing was going to happen. But once it did not happen, when 3 o'clock struck, I was a little sad, a little disappointed. Um, You know, I think that's what everyone was kind of feeling because you look at this team, the Green Bay Packers, uh, listen, I am embracing the chaos now of 2020. I was like, I don't know what to expect in this game last night, Thursday night football. Will the Packers get beat? And I said, you know what? The Packers have Aaron Rodgers. The Packers have Devontae Adams. Aaron Jones is coming back. The Packers will beat up on whatever is below a JV team, will beat up on whatever that team was last night from the 49ers. That's easy. We've seen the Packers do that all year, beat up on these teams that aren't in their same level. But the question is, are they better than, you know, after the trade deadline, are they better than the team that they faced called the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? They're not. That's my big reason why they should have done something. You're, you're the, still the same team that lost to the Vikings. You're still the same team that lost to the Buccaneers. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You should have. That's why they should have gone and done something. Win for the now because there's not much now left of Aaron Rodgers. Well, and we were talking about this yesterday. I, I don't understand. Do the, do the Packers want to win with Aaron Rodgers? Because I, I, I would rather they decide. Like, if you don't want to win with Aaron Rodgers, okay, cool. I, I mean... I guess they haven't made moves like they want to win with Aaron Rodgers, you know? Like, but part of me just thinks they're just waiting. It's just like, all right, yeah, uh, mom and dad should really move into the nursing home, but I guess until they leave the stove on or something, we'll let them live in their house. Like, that's how it feels right now. I, I guess it, we have Aaron Rodgers. Do you want to win with him or not? Because if not, you just rip the Band-Aid off? I mean, I don't want to say get rid of Aaron Rodgers. I hate both of these options here. I just don't know what they're trying to do. Well, Grant, to me it feels like they – Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur want to put their own thumbprint on this team. And everything that they've done has been kind of like for the future. You drafted Jordan Love. That's for the future. Mm -hmm. You drafted a third-string running back. You know, that's for the future because contracts coming up for Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. That's for the future. I mean, Kamal Martin was, I guess, for the future. He was already injured coming out of Minnesota. And then you drafted a bunch of projects, right? Last year, what was the first-round pick for the Brian Gutekunst? Rashawn Gary, a project for the future. No wide receivers. You know, obviously they also, with the tight ends coming in, the H-back and Josiah DeGuar, who's on the IR, there, it was a philosophical and scheme change, obviously, in Green Bay, and all of it was building for the future. Well, don't we want to win now? Because we know what we have now, and right now we have a Hall of Fame quarterback who's nearing the end of a, you know his, his NFL career, his contract. Well, I mean, in, in a couple of years, obviously, but nearing the end of his career. Well, and contracts in the NFL, too, they, they put in language and they, you know, it's much smarter. I'm not, I'm not a lawyer, right? We're just radio people. But they put in language where it's like, okay, well, it's a five-year contract, but we can get out after three if we really want. And maybe they take that route with Aaron Rodgers. That remains to be seen. Ebo, morning show host on The Zone, our affiliate in Madison. Ebo, I'm looking at the rest of the NFC. There's a, to me, there's three great teams, Seattle, Tampa, Green Bay, I think New Orleans is a step below. We'll see if Michael Thomas comes back. Maybe that changes things. Tell me if I'm talking myself into the Packers, because this is something I do all the time. And I think fans should do this, right? We should try to find every reason to get excited about our team. So I won't apologize for it. 
But I think every team at the top of the NFC is flawed in one way or another. The Packers can't stop the run. The Seahawks can't stop anything. And Tampa's got a 45-year-old quarterback. I think that's a problem. You put pressure on them just a little bit, and everything offensively starts to fall apart. I don't care who the receivers are, right? And the yeah. Giants were moving the ball on the Buccaneers' defense the other night. So I yeah. I think the Packers have a good a shot as any. And, and weirdly, this season might be shaping up perfectly for the Packers, right? Just stay healthy, stay in the mix, get hot at the right time, and see what can happen. I, okay, I feel a little bit better than I did two weeks ago or even after that Vikings loss because this conference seems... Kind of shoddy. There doesn't seem to be one or two juggernauts like there were last year with the 49ers. No, yeah, I mean, yeah, every team does have a flaw, definitely. What's the Packers? It's the rush defense. It's the defense, right? It's Mike, Mike Pettin and his scheme is philosophy. It's, you know, lack of weapons from Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers makes the wide receiver. Every team has their flaws. In 2020, we got to embrace the positivity. The Packers are looking phenomenal, even if it is against lesser teams. Let's embrace it because here's the thing. They're going to make the playoffs. The question is, how far yeah. do they go? Well, right now, they're kind of essentially the same team that got to the NFC Championship game and lost to the Niners. Now, the Niners aren't the same team anymore, obviously. They're a shell of themselves. The Packers are, but maybe a little better offensively just because, you know, if you remember last year, they were kind of sluggish and it just looked disjointed and lucky at times. Now it's like, yeah, that offense is clicking and humming because it's year two of Matt LaFleur, you know, and Aaron Rodgers. But when it comes to looking at the Packers, that defense – still is going to be something that will let us down probably in an NFC championship game. If you go against a team that's got some nasty, like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we saw what happened. Mm-hmm. What had happened last year, Grant? We went up against the 49ers regular season. They dismantled the Green Bay Packers. The Packers stayed the same. They went to the NFC championship game, faced the Niners, and the Niners dismantled them again. I hope it's not shades of the Buccaneers where they dismantle them in the regular season, and then you see them in the playoffs and they beat you. That's my concern. But embrace it. They're a playoff team. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I exactly. I'm trying to look for reasons to talk myself into this team and, and believe that this team can win no, a championship. Grant, believe it. It's 2020, baby. Believe it. Yes. Okay. Smile. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that you feel that way because some of my listeners, they think I'm a homer. Yes, I'm a homer. It's called the Wisco Sports Show. That's the point. <laughs> now, I try to be smart in the way that I'm a homer, but I'm always looking for ways to get excited uh, and believe in my teams. Ebo, I want to talk about the Badgers just for a moment. Now, they haven't played, and I don't think you really want to talk about COVID. I I really don't want to talk about COVID. Well, at least, when are they going to play again? How many cases? I don't want to talk about that. I do want to set you up to, I think, possibly go on a rant here. I'm just going out on a limb. Dan Patrick on Wednesday. Okay, good. Dan Patrick suggested that the Badgers are going to shut down Camp Randall or shut down their football team so that Camp Randall can be used as a field hospital. Okay, Explain Explain one thing to me. I know I know cases are sky high. There's not a huge number of people in the field hospital already. Now, if they need another field hospital, I'm not against that. Don't get me wrong. But you live in Madison. You're much closer to the situation than I am. There's no better building in Madison or the surrounding areas to put a field hospital than perhaps a 125-year-old outdoor stadium. Am I, am I wrong? Maybe, maybe it's because I don't live there. Maybe I have that misunderstood. We had a listener call in and said, if, if the goal is to have these sick people turn into popsicles and die— then you put them in Camp Randall. This is the dumbest thing Dan Patrick, I think, has ever said, and he's been on Talk Radio for a long time, and I like Dan Patrick. I do, too. wrong on this. But, dude, Camp Randall, has the guy been to Wisconsin? I know it's 70 degrees today, which is rare for November, but in a couple weeks, it's going to get below freezing. Does he know that that Camp Randall doesn't have a roof? You have the coal center. You got the the Alliant Energy Center, the Coliseum. You have the surf. You have so many other buildings. God for and Grant, I know you're on the cross, but mm-hmm. believe it or not, 
in Madison, there's no sick and dying laying on the streets. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not happening. Okay. In fact, Madison's not one of the hot spots. I know I know the numbers are rising and whatnot, but why? Just think about it logically. Why would you turn Camp Randall into a field hospital in winter? It doesn't make sense. There's no roof. There's six people in the West Alice Field Hospital. Six. That's been open since October 14th. Well, and, and I guess I'm, I'm glad that you clarified because I'm not from Madison. I, I thought maybe you guys had taken down literally every other building and Camp Randall was the last one standing because that's really the only way that made sense. One more question about the Badgers, and it's something else that Dan Patrick mentioned. Dan Patrick seemed to claim that if the Badgers can't play six games and they're not eligible for the Big Ten Championship game, that they'll just shut it down by default. I don't buy into that because I don't think there's any way that Barry Alvarez went into the season thinking, well, the second we're not eligible for postseason play, we're going to shut it down. He said earlier this week that he was hopeful but never overconfident that this was going to work. If this was only to possibly make a Big Ten Championship game, like, well, then why did we even start it? There are no bye weeks. We had to know that this was a possibility. I, I think every every detail in that Dan Patrick report was was very off base. Well, he's been wrong on a lot of things. On his, he needs to get a new Big Ten source. I'm yeah. not kidding. He, first, it was Michigan and Michigan State working to be, play football. Last I checked, they're playing football. In fact, they're playing each other this weekend. Yep. Then it was Wisconsin willingly knew that Graham Mertz had COVID-19 was playing Friday night. That's not the case at all. Um, they made that very clear in a statement. And now it's they're going to turn – this is Grant. All he said was they're going to turn the Big Ten into a field – or the, I'm sorry, Camp Randall into a field hospital. That, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Enough said. So whatever else he says about the Big Ten, I would just take it with a grain of salt. It's meaningless. So Wisconsin is on track right now to play Michigan, the Wolverines, at mm-hmm. Ann Arbor uh, next Saturday. I would love to have a Badger Saturday. It's been since last year. So I've not heard a single thing besides we're going to get back, you know, once COVID clears up, practicing, and then we're going to have the Graham Mertz experience again. I don't know what Dan Patrick's, I don't know what he's doing. Has he been in Oregon? Oregon just legalized all drugs. Is he out there smoking meth? I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe Dan Patrick should get you as a COVID, or not as a COVID source, as a, as a Wisconsin insider. I, Evo, and you said there hasn't been a Badger Saturday since last year. Can I make a confession to you? Um, yeah. and, I'm, and I'm embarrassed to say this. When the Badgers played a couple Friday nights ago and Graham Mertz made a start, I uh, I didn't see it live because I had a date. Um, I had to watch oh. it back. And now I'm potentially feeling like I, I maybe if the Badger season gets canceled, which it, which it shouldn't, but I'm, I'm just concerned that say it does get canceled, I, I missed the one game that the Badgers are going to play this year, and I'm kind of freaked out about that possibility. Grant, the... The hype watching it live was real. It was a roller coaster ride. It was all thrills, a lot of chills as well. It was incredible. But my question for you is, how was the date? Was it a success? Okay, uh, the date was not. Um, it wasn't a failure. It was a great time. The problem is, Ebo, and uh, this is what's funny is I went on our top forty station to talk about this date last week. Oh. You know, for content, did a hit. Didn't think to tell the girl. Um, and she listened. Uh, th- this is my first foray into my personal life being on the radio in this fashion. Uh, she was not thrilled. Um, I-, I don't s- foresee a-, a second date. Maybe that's a big reason why. Maybe. Um, but yeah, this this is kind of a nightmare stretch of days for me r- regarding that Badger game and the date that covered up said Badger game. Grant, it is better to have loved and lost than have never loved <laughs> at all, my friend. I'm glad so- I needed to hear that. Listen, there will be another Graham Mertz game. Will it, will it be as good as Illinois? I hope it's better than Illinois. You'll get a better Graham Mertz experience than Illinois. It was just Illinois. 
You're going to watch Graham Mertz one of these years, Grant, hopefully this year in the Big Ten title game, maybe next year, take down Ohio State. Mark my oh. words, and it'll be better than that Illinois game. Well, the Badgers winning a, a national championship with Graham Mertz at the helm is much more likely than me getting another date anytime soon. So I'm going to hold on to that hope, Ebo, and, and I appreciate that very much. And I just realized what time it is. We got to go. We got to take a break. But just know that tomorrow morning I will be making a Bloody Mary and thinking about you and, and, and thinking towards the future when hopefully I can be watching a Badger game. Yep, I'll do, I'll do a Bloody Mary as well. I'll go stand down on Regent Street in an empty parking lot and uh, just in my mind envision that I'm at a Badger tailgate. It's visualization. That's all you need, Ebo. Thanks, man. Have a good weekend. Thanks, buddy. You too. Yeah, that's Ebo, who mostly I just go to personal life or stuff, you know, dating advice, stuff like that. Let's take a break. You got any thoughts on the Badgers or the Packers, you want to get them in before 5 o'clock, you can text me 608-796-2558. More of the Wisco Sports Show coming up next.